You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game. It's a documentary podcast. (laughs) Freaking me out. Hello. Here's Ed McMahon for you. Yeah. Hello. Did he actually say that? I don't know. I have no. I never watched Johnny Carson. Man. Whenever somebody does impressions of you, I'm they not do that. like 60 years old. Okay. <laughs> I. You just act like you're a curmudgeon. <laughs> I, yes, I am curmudgeonly, <laughs> but I don't have the same experiences as a baby boomer. I'm not a curmudgeon. I just act like it. I'm, I'm a Gen Xer, which means I I cared. What year were you born? 79. You're not a Gen Xer anymore. Yes, I am. They changed it. What are you talking about? 79 to 81. No. Or no, 79, 77 to 83. Is millennial? Is a zennial. What? They did this recently. What? This is why. Zennial? Because we don't fit with Gen Xers and we don't fit with millennials because we grew up, we had an analog childhood and a digital adulthood. Whereas the millennials had a digital everything. Who, who, who decided this? They recently did this. Who's um, they? Tell me who they I don't know who decides in the is. generations, but the generation people decided. because the generation people? Because so many people, like my wife, were complaining. Like, I'm not a millennial. I don't, I don't, I'm like, I'm, same with myself. Like, I always joke that I'm more a millennial than she is, but I also have like a lot of Gen Xer things. Like, you know, my, my hatred of the man and stuff, uh-huh. you know, it's that rebel spirit, uh-huh. right? That's very Gen X, but like, I, I just have a contempt for humanity in general. Right. Well, that's also a Gen X thing. I mean, you know, um, yeah, but anyways, uh, Zineal? Zineal. It's X. It's millennial, but they, they, um, they, um, okay, that's bull. X- that's <laughs> bull. They're trying to better classify because they, uh, 20 years is too much man, for a generation. don't put me in boxes, man, all right? That's what the man wants to do. The man wants to put me in a box. He wants to put labels on me. <laughs> you are <laughs> joking. I'm so angry. You already were in a box. <laughs> now you're in a box that actually just defines you a little bit. Yeah, but I was a box that was just an X. It just had an X on it. That was the only thing on that box, okay? I knew when I was growing up, I really wanted to be Gen X, and then I found out I was, and I was like, yeah, but those guys are all like, you know, that's not me. And then I was like, these millennials, that's not me. And I was like, I'm somewhere in between. I'm somewhere in between. And now you have a place to belong. I have a place to belong. No. <laughs> God, I hate, I hate the world. I hate the world, Jason. I hate humanity. This is episode 271, by the way. <laughs> one of it's the thing, August 7th. One of the things that's been so hard for me, in just in general, is like, I am all for... As much diversity as possible. I think diversity is beautiful, right? Yes. But we've also, for some reason, like, there was a time. Remember when we were like, don't label me, right? I don't like labels. Don't like, put me in boxes. It was like in the late 90s, early 2000s. Don't don't label me. Don't put me in a box. Yeah. I am me, right? Yeah. But now, it's it's interesting because, <laughs> and this is, not, this is not meant in any sort of bad derogatory way, just to be clear. I'm just, it, it's interesting to me how, like, now everyone is like, no, I'm x or i'm y like give me a label because i want to tell you who i am i want to define who i am on my own terms right which Mm -hmm. is great but what it means is there's a lot of boxes and i get confused by all the boxes Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah Yeah. uh well no i mean even though i'm excited that i'm a zinnial now so (laughs) look the 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 fight to not be put in boxes is alive and well okay it's just it's reformed itself around around the the gender the gender identity uh movement right well but 
yes and no. See, yeah. because yes, they're saying don't put me in your standardized boxes, uh-huh. but they are still saying put me in my box. This is I'm going to call my box whatever. Well, right? what they're saying, and I don't want to use terms. I don't want to do something wrong. Sure, no, but like, right, yeah, you know it, it, what? No, what, what? I think what those people and I, I so. I identify as as a male. Okay, so right. so I I don't want to co opt their argument. My understanding of their argument, or much of their argument, is that is that they don't want other people to define what boxes are and and are out there. And they're saying I, I'm I'm going to define myself based on who I what who and what and how I believe that I am. And and they would say that that there aren't boxes. There's there's just me and my own personal perspective on my own identity. But a lot of a lot of okay, I almost said those people, and I don't mean that in that way. But people who <clears> say, and, mm-hmm. and this is not talking about gender identity. You brought that as an example. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about in general. Sure, where people say like, but no, this is my label. I created this label. Mm. This is me, right? Um, and what it ends up doing is just making me a guy who just wants to be nice to people and not offend anyone. Really afraid that I'm just going to offend people because I don't understand what their label is or what mm-hmm. it means. You know, it's 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 like it feels like it's work to stay educated, right? Mm-hmm. Which isn't a bad thing because no. you know I want to be educated, I want to understand things, mm-hmm. but it does, and you want to be compassionate to people right. and understanding. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I know, I know that nowadays that seems to be in certain circles not not like a common thing, like mm-hmm. oh, compassion and stuff, you know, government. But anyways, you know, I mean, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work, though, Rob. It is a lot of work. It's but it's work worth doing, right? Right. It is. I'm not yeah. saying it's not. No, I'm no, just no, saying, no, like, right. I, I'm saying this. I'm saying this right. to, to I can just s- to the world. I can see why some people who want to be compassionate are mm-hmm. just like, but dude, I don't have time for this. Like, I yeah. just don't have time to figure all this out. So I'm just gonna be like, you're cool, bro. Whatever. <laughs> sure. So we're we're angry about right. Donald Trump's announcement about taking uh, transgendered yeah. people out of the military. Yeah, 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 we're yeah. we're. F- furious about this we are so um and it's so there anyway. was a navy seal tweeted he said uh if you want to tell me that to my face like he's a former navy seal uh-huh. sorry he she I, I don't know i didn't read the full article but sure a transgender former navy seal was like why don't you come tell me that to my face that i'm unqualified yeah uh, and i thought no i wouldn't want to do that um because you were a navy seal which means you could kill me in a lot of ways so um probably yeah the government trained you to to, to do that right yeah. right so anyways uh yeah, yeah, yeah. But we are. So that's got us talking about that is because we're... Right. I wasn't speaking just towards trans sure. in general. I was saying there's just a lot of stuff to learn. Yeah. And I try my best. So. We're a left-leaning podcast. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's yeah. true. So Sorry. We, it's, what's funny is you and I are both very, very different from one another. We certainly are. But we're, we're both left-leaning. Because I mean, yeah. you've, you've said on the podcast you're an atheist, right? Absolutely. And yeah. I'm, I'm a Christian, but mm-hmm. I'm an incredibly left-leaning Christian. So you are. Like, Sure. So it's one of the reasons why I can hang out with you. <laughs> well, in in you're also an atheist who's not a complete. Try not to it, be. So. Try not to be. I mean, yeah. sometimes you're, but not because of that. Just yeah. I mean, it's you because that's who I am. <laughs> right. But no. Right. So, anyways, I um, I feel like um, yeah. So, anyways, I uh, man, don't put that label on me, right? Okay. <laughs> you I put just, that label on you. That's the I term just, you use. Hey. I'm honoring your terms. <laughs> You know, um, I mean, other than I put that on you, but I feel like you kind of own that. <laughs> well, yeah, so. I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, uh, but, yeah. But no, so um, yeah, I'll tell you that, uh-huh. and I'm not like trying to like plead my own case of oh, poor me. Being a left leaning Christian right now is difficult, right? Because sure. you get lumped in with all the haters, uh, and then the Christians think you're not like a real Christian because you care about because you're like left leaning. So, Jason, that's, that's weird. The haters are your elevators. <laughs> 
they press your buttons and they make you go higher. Did Jeff teach you that? No, I heard that on a podcast. Oh, that's great. It is good, isn't it? It's really good. Actually, it's, it's funny and silly, yeah. but, but my, it's... Ha- my haters are my elevators. <laughs> they push my buttons and they help me go higher. It's good, right? But it's and, good. It's and, really cheesy, but I like it. It is. Yeah. Um, that's from that's from uh, Ben Pack on the Giant Bombcast, <clears throat> which is basically my my favorite podcast. I, well, the the Giant Bomb family of podcasts. Are, right, 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 are right, right. Anyway. And sorry, we weren't trying to get all political, but no. I mean, I don't I don't see a problem with us saying where we stand because um yeah because because listen, we're not telling you not to listen to the podcast. You don't agree with us. Um, you know, I, we have, we have plenty of people we know that totally disagree with us and, sure. you know, I mean, that's, it is what it is. We could disagree with each other on tons of things, clearly based clearly. on the things we've just said <laughs> and that's okay. Cause, sure. um, yeah, yeah, because dialogue is important though. Yeah. Cause you, know, you can want people to believe something, but you can't force it on them because sure. they're not truly in, in any situation. I'm not talking about just religion. I'm saying anything, right? I mean, but when everything, when, when, when things fail though, when you're not willing to have a conversation about it, yes. that's when everything breaks down. Man, I'm always willing to have a conversation unless you're yeah. going to yell at me and spew hateful words and then no, no, the, and then, then no, that's right. So, that, so yeah, yeah, that's not a conversation. That's abuse. Right. Yeah. So. Well, that's, yeah, there's no point in that <clears throat> conversation, but no, you and I are both always open to yep. dialogue because that's yep. important, right? I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. real deal stuff, Shoot, man. man. We were at dinner with a vendor last night and I tried to pick a fight with the vendor. Yeah. Didn't even mean to. It just kind of well, happened. They're from they're from a state that would make me assume <laughs> that there's a fifty fifty shot from two different states. Yeah, that there's a fifty fifty shot. You might have gotten a fight there. Yeah, right. Um. So, <laughs> but it is it is kind of funny to push vendors' buttons like that. It is right because they're, they're not going to argue. Because right. right yeah. yeah. So he just smiled, and I still would not have done that. But you brought it up. <laughs> I actually had um uh, Tony who we work with. Yeah, I yeah, won't yeah. say what company, obviously, but. After the whole election thing, she was like, I didn't know. And like, so she said, she said, how do y'all feel about this whole thing? And I was like, (laughs) and she's like, oh, me too. She's like, my husband disagrees with me, but oh gosh. (laughs) And she's from down south um, Uh and uh, born and raised based on her accent. Um, But anyways, yeah. Yeah. So we we lamented for a while because it was literally like two days after the election. Um, Christine, I have a friend. Um. She was dating a guy during the election, and when it went the way that it did... Wait. <clears throat> not this election, right? Yeah. Oh, her friend. Thanks to Christine, and I was no, no, like, no, 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 yeah. whoa, so I, we yeah. have so much more to no, talk so. about. <laughs> Rob's no, no, open no, no. marriage. No. Well, our, our friend was dating a guy um, during the election, and uh, after it turned out the way he did, uh, uh, the, the way the election did, apparently he said to her, ah, so your girl lost, huh? And she dumped him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did you and you lost a girl yeah right later so um anyway board wow. games that must have been hard to have a relationship during the election no matter what side you're on if you were on opposite sides that had to be rough yeah anyways um so yeah yeah so here's what we're going to talk about tonight yeah we're going to talk about um how um board games how uh being a game designer we you were we were talking uh, earlier today yeah about oh i need to get a bunch of protos made for gen con and like and i'm working on a fun game actually i do have a game i'll be messing with the gen con hopefully oh good um um the castle game oh um, right yeah which is just a fun dexterity game kind of exploring an idea on that yeah, right? yeah, yeah yeah i'm there's no way i'm pitching it i literally 
don't even know how it works. Sure. But it's a physical game that I had to get to work. So I've been tweeting about it and I was able to get the proto made. It was like 50 bucks almost to get this proto made. That much? For, for yeah. the, you're talking about the like, so, custom laser touch. Yeah, cuts so I got two custom crafting. laser touch. That was 14 bucks. Yeah. And then 24 square tiles, uh, two by two, and 24 domino tiles, two by four. Uh huh. And that was 46 bucks after shipping. Wow. Almost 47. Which I'm not blaming Gamecrafter. I mean, th- no. you know, they got to make money sure, too. Right. And, and th- I didn't feel like I was being overcharged, but sure. what I felt like was, whoa, like yeah. this game might not even work. Yeah. Like this game might just be a turd. I, if it is, I've got components that I can use for stuff. Yeah. But, but let's be honest, they were really expensive components. I mean, because I yeah. go to Amazon and I buy little two by two tiles, like super cheap sure. because they're just plain white and I yeah. just put stickers on them. Um, yeah, and we yeah again, not to be critical of Game Crafters oh, prices. No, no, no. I mean the the no. st- stuff they can do is fantastic and and well. Then if I was using it for to sell, it's not that bad. But when I'm using it for a prototype, it's just like sure. oh, ouch, this is expensive. Yeah, and yeah, they've got their own costs and and print yeah, on yeah, demand yeah. by its own by its very nature yeah. is going to be more expensive. The fact that, so that's that fine. me, just some dude from Michigan who's a game designer, can. Right can well with other people's help <laughs> if you make a file that i can send to them and they will laser cut it personally just for me the way i want it's it amazing that's amazing right like they're undercharging for that frankly yeah. <laughs> yeah but still it's expensive when you have to bite the bullet and buy like i wanted to get a four-player version of the game and i was like oh what if it, i'm no no i'm gonna wait if it yeah. works with two players it'll right. work with four so yes but we want to talk about the cost of, yeah, yeah. So of this kind of stuff well you were trying to figure out how many decks of simple surgery to buy yeah and right. um and, but not just the deck of cards i also need a game box and i need uh tweezers I need tweez- or i already bought the tweezers from amazon because you can't buy those from game crafter right. but i need cubes and i need sand timers in fact i don't think i'm gonna need, but i'm gonna use cubes from my you, from have, my, you should have a bunch of cubes yeah i do yeah so, so if not i've got a yeah. lot of them but i so, thought you still had some yeah no no i'm good there but yeah at any rate um so i'm not even going to be ordering full prototypes right but, but i want to uh, yeah i was talking about gosh i'm you know so i've got these i've got these four actually it's looking like five um meetings uh scheduled for gen con since we recorded the last podcast right. an hour ago <laughs> got, you I maybe got, have another meeting i got an email so yeah. anyway um uh plus doing the speed dating um so you know how many prototype prototypes should i make uh, how many should I be prepared to give away? And so I kind of looked at it and did the math on it. And I also want to get a few copies of Eight Arms to Hold You and a few copies of Treasure Trouble. So I'm probably going to be spending a little over $100 right? just to, to have those things to make sure I can give them away. Something that literally may just be giving away for no return. For no reason, no return at all with, with no results. There's no guarantee that I'm going to sell any of these games. Nope, nope. You know? Nope, you're obviously hopeful and you should be, but... Right, right. on top of that, uh, the recommendation for, from the organizers of the speed dating thing was to have 30 copies of your sell sheet ready uh, to give out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, which, and so I'm going to do 30 copies of Simple Surgery, 30 copies of eight arms and 30 copies of treasure trouble just in case right because right. i'm also gonna want to make sure i have the opportunity to give them out elsewhere during the convention so in fact right. i might do like 50 copies of each just to be safe i would just do 30 that's probably we always print more than we need to all in color or no well that yeah i want to do them all in color that's expensive I, and so that's, do you have a color printer that you can do it on your house i have or? i have an inkjet that it's just not great so right. it, it, i would go to kinko's and i would do them and and so we're That'd doing be like 30 bucks it's like a dollar a page yeah yeah so well, I, I could more than that I thing, might yeah. end up spending a hundred dollars on on sell sheet prints too, so so this this is kind of a cheap hobby if you want to just play around right, but if you want to present yourself well to to designers, um, 
and you don't want to have to so I mean, or excuse me to, to publishers and and we know that publishers they all say they don't care about what your prototype looks like they all say that right right but if i want to make a whole bunch of copies of the same thing i either spend a whole lot of time and a lot of effort assembling them all by hand or i take the time to put it on game crafter and then i can order individual copies to give out and that's right i feel like it's a lot more efficient and it does give a better impression. In, and here's the deal. A publisher can truly say and truly believe they don't care what your prototype looks like. But when they see a slick prototype, one, it triggers something in your brain that says this is a game, right? Yeah. You can't help that. It just does. And two, the other big thing is it's generally more functional to play. Ergo, yeah. it's a better pitch. Right. It just is. So, sure. And it gives you more confidence, I bet, in the game. It does. That it looks good and right. it's a real copy. And actually, in the fact, with, <clears throat> excuse me. In the case of Simple Surgery, it needs to be real cards because that's what you're doing. You're pulling cards out of a deck. And right. so I can't just use sleeved pieces of paper for that. It has to be real cards right. to accurate, accurately represent how the game's going to work. So I kind of have to get cards printed if I'm going to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, so that's expensive. On top of that, yeah. Gen Con's expensive. What was it for a four-day badge this year? Was it $100? Yeah, I think so. I think it finally... And then they sold out. And they sold out, right? Um, so, not to mention housing. I don't remember what we what we're paying for that hotel. We're splitting it between the two of us, of course. Hey, by the way, yeah. How many people do you think print fake Gen Con badges and take them in? I have no idea. Did you see the badge this year? No, I didn't, I got the thing. There's no sticker at. on it. It's just like a friggin' plain badge. Really? Like There's any not, schmuck with a laser printer could fake that. There's no like hologram or anything. No, but it's hard plastic though, right? Yeah, but. You take last year's badge. Listen, I this is a bad idea. You don't do this. <laughs> but that was my first thought was like, because mm-hmm. it sold out and somebody's like, I really want to go, right? Mm-hmm. Like they could easily scan this, edit mm-hmm. their name onto it with Photoshop easily. If you know what Photoshop is, I'm bad with it, but apparently, um, and, and, and just walk through the door. Nobody ever looks closely at your badge. Mm-mm. That's so, true. I'm, you should not do that. That is stealing and it's stealing a lot because it's like a hundred freaking dollars. Yeah. But like, I'm going to guarantee that happens. Never even thought about it. There are some nerds that are not as honest as we are, Rob. It's true. So I was not as honest as, you know, 20 years ago when I was a teenager, right. uh, I was not nearly as honest then as I am now. Well, they say necessity is the mother of invention, right? Sure. Necessity might be for you. I'm going to Gen Con and I'm broke yeah. and they're sold out of batches anyways. Perceived so, necessity yeah. in that case. So yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Don't steal. Don't steal. Don't That's steal not things. cool. Um, definitely don't steal. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So, so anyways, yeah, this crap is expensive. Crap is expensive. Um, so I tweeted and, about it. Yeah. What were you going to say? No, I was just, and, it, and it doesn't always have to be, but, but we feel better about it when we, when we help ourselves look good. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, TC Petty says, oh, I guess we should be just excited that TC responded to I'm us. thrilled, honestly. I'm, uh, I'm touched. I'm honored. He said, I just slowly amass a collection of stuff over years, over the years, $10 at a time. Hey, TC, if I was pitching to the same publisher over and over again and could just always get my stuff back, then, you know, maybe that would work for right, me, too. you know. Oh, burn. Burn. Dice hate me. <laughs> Your crutch. <laughs> We're just kidding. You've been published by other people too. I think maybe one, one, something like that. Yeah. Same number. Spires. That, that I hear Rob that's good. I've been published. Nevermore games. They make good yeah, games. Yeah, they do. They yeah. made that Spires. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, we're just giving you a hard time, but no, I mean, he's right for <laughs> some of the stuff, but he's right for some of the stuff. But, but frankly, the stuff we're talking about, no, it's throwaway. You got to get it, and then it's gone. So, uh, and then Seth Jaffe says, mm-hmm. um, as a hobby, it's not much different than buying paints or traveling to sports tournaments or whatever. 
that's an excellent point. Well, I mean, people who are into to ball games, I mean, they're they're going to go to they're going to go to I don't know a dozen games a year, and they they could spend a hundred dollars per ticket. You know, I'm going to disagree though. Really, this is why I'm going to disagree. What happens when you buy a ticket to a sports game? You you go to the game, and you buy a bunch of food while you're there. But, and you probably, but you you you're guaranteed entry into the game, right? True. Your hundred dollar ticket you're spending doesn't guarantee you jack. Guarantees you can get into the vendor hall. No, that's for the badge. I'm talking about for the hundred dollars oh. in prototypes you're spending. Okay, that's like buying a ticket to a sports game, and then you show up, and a bunch of people look at all the tickets, and that's like having to make your own ticket for a sports game, uh-huh. and then they show up. And look at the tickets you've spent a hundred dollars on, and then say, "No, sorry, buddy, this guy gets into the game. You don't." I, that's not a fair assessment, though, because they're not judging. They're not just making a random selection. They're making a judgment of a product you're presenting to them. That's what I'm saying, though. They're saying, "What's the best ticket here?" I'm just comparing that. You're, there's no guarantee of any return on your investment. When you print that prototype. No. Yeah, I mean, yes. The good way to think about it is hopefully at least relationship building, if nothing else. But frankly, that's not always true because some publishers are like, oh, I'll take a copy whatever. And they're never going to remember your name the next day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen that happen. We've sure. both seen that happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> we've seen pitch meetings like that. Yeah. Now defunct publishers. <laughs> More than once for both of us. Holy crap. Oh, by the way. By the way. Yeah. Okay, this is funny. I was going back through my, like, clearing out my old Gmail. Yeah. And I found an email from Fifth Street. Yeah. Uh, that he sent me, that Phil sent me shortly after I did my zombie racing pitch. Uh-huh. Where he said, hey, that sounds like a Fifth Street game. Send me your rules. Never even saw it. Wow. <laughs> when did I do that zombie racing pitch? Was that like 2013, maybe 2014? It must have been right after we had him on the show because he didn't listen to our show. Uh, I don't know. Well, anyway, he heard that. Yeah. And uh, and he said, that sounds like the kind of game I want. To, uh, tell me more. To me, that doesn't sound anything like a Fifth Street game. I don't think so either. And but Rob, so basically you, you made that company fail. Your <laughs> zombie racing game, Rob, uh-huh. could have been what kept that company alive, man. Yeah, I playtested that once, and it was garbage. To be fair, this is what would have happened. Uh-huh. Uh, well, to double be fair, Phil would have read the rules and said, this is garbage. Because yeah, right. Phil was, if there's one thing Phil was really good at, it was he could read rules and just get a game better sure. than anyone had ever seen. Yeah. Um, no. Two, um, you would have sold him a game if he'd liked it that would have never been published, and you'd have been in the same boat as some other people we like. No one Very likely, so, yeah. I'd have felt worse for them than you, because I don't really like you, but, you know, I mean, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways um yeah enough of that uh but no so so it's it's expensive i think the tip of buying stuff as you go is good yeah and certainly we do that like i think sometimes you like i so i i invested more than i needed to probably on um full tile uh full page sticky labels sure like i bought like the 50 or 100 pack it was like oh, 50 yeah. bucks well worth it because now I'll never buy them again like Right, and you always um, have them when yes, you need them. Yes, they're always there, and yep. it was cheaper to buy in bulk. Sure. Um, but to be fair, not everyone can do that, right? Sure. So that is, you know... I, yeah. The, the, oh, yeah. No, no, no. Go, yeah, it's fine. So I guess another thing to bring up as kind of a limitation as a game designer is I... One of the biggest things that has held me back multiple times is my inability to understand graphic design and Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to make cool prototypes, but again, good prototypes are functional, right? Sure. And it takes me so long to do something in that program 
Mm-hmm. The, most of the time I just do it in Word. It doesn't look as good as it could. It's not as clear as it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, f- I feel like that is a that is a hurdle that game designers like you who have that just have that innate skill and it helps that you don't just have a Photoshop skill. You're actually good at it and you actually know how to make things look good because um, you have an eye for it. Um, that is huge when it comes to things like sell sheets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah. So see, I would argue that. I've my what I what I am comfortable with doing with design and layout and my and using Photoshop for example, I really only have those skills because I've just been poking at it since I first got Photoshop in high school, right? Yeah, and and most of that's just from messing around with it and seeing things that I like and copy and seeing oh that's a cool thing I wonder if I can do that in Photoshop right or right you know just just poking at stuff and messing around with it um, and and. Since I was probably 15 years old. But you also have a skill that you, you can draw pretty well. A little bit. I can't draw at all, right? You have an eye for it. Like, <clears throat> I can see something that looks good, but I would be like, when I see something you put together, I'm like, I would never occur to me to have put it together that way. So so for me, is uh, I guess my point, and this is, this is kind of for build, builders as well, to say that um, pra- practice, right. learn, learn the software you're using, even if even if maybe you feel like you don't have any innate you know in inside genetic artistic talent, you can if you learn the software, the, if you learn mm-hmm. the tools, then um, then you're going to have a better time. I'm actually I'm in a, in a position now where I'm a little worried because because I'm getting real close to needing to buy a new computer, and I don't think I'm going to be able to get Photoshop on that next computer. Okay, um, so. Why? Just because they've switched to that subscription model now, it's right? It's not bad though. It's like ten bucks a month or something. Yeah, but it's I just it's just not. We have so many subscriptions to other services and things that I just kind of I don't want to keep piling on, right? I so, mean, don't get me wrong. I pay that much a month for Photoshop, and I rarely use it because I want to set it on fire. Sure. But I have to have it for when I need it. So what, what I'm saying is that I think what I'm going to do before I go back to Photoshop is I'm going to try and start learning some of the free tools like Inkscape. Or, right. or GIMP is another one. I think. Is Inkscape free? I've heard Illustrator is cool, but you got to pay for that. Too. Yeah, Illustrator's part. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think Inkscape is free. Um, so I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to try start trying those other tools. But I, I can't force myself to try those other tools right now because right. I have the option I already know. Right. You know. So, so I think switching to a new computer is going to force me to, to try and learn those other things. Right. Um, you figure out how do you explain that you need Photoshop for your job? Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. Right. That's not going to happen. So, anyways, the hobby's expensive. That's the thing. Yeah, it um, it doesn't have to be, but I I feel more confident about what I'm what I'm showing people when when I've spent a little bit more money on it. And we've said right. that in the context of, of of Unpub, right? In Unpub, there's so many games there. You want to stand out and you want it to look good. And and I'm I'm feeling the same challenge for the speed dating event, right? Mm-hmm. I want it to look good. Because there's right. going to be a lot of other people there that they're only seeing for a brief time. Well, and you never know when you might stumble onto a publisher who sees something like Eight Arms, for instance, mm-hmm. and just says, love it. Love the art. Can I just do it this way? Smaller publishers are do that. You know what I mean? Sure. They're like, you already have art? This looks great. Let's do that. Yeah. Some publishers are bigger. They're like, this looks great. We're going to do our own art. Yeah. Right? I mean, right. you never know. But, I mean, um, having that ability to say hey this art is this art you know mm-hmm. that's good so anyways well, that's probably enough of that uh yeah. i need to put your game sure go ahead all right so 
I was going to pitch this last week, but I needed some extra time to pitch it, and I didn't want to rush it. This is the pitch that will change your life. It's not, um, but it's got a story with it. Um, so because we ended up accidentally having a funny, weird interaction uh, with uh, the company LCR on Twitter, um, which you can see that on, I've favorited it uh, on the podcast page, so you can totally see it in there. But um, I won't go into the whole story, but uh, it, it made me start thinking about the game LCR. And um, and the question had been so, like, we, make sure people know what you're talking about. So LCR was about to explain. Okay. Right. Yeah. So LCR is left, center, right. Um, so that is a, it is a game that plays itself, right? And I'll get into what the game does if you don't know, but the game plays itself. You roll dice, you do what the dice say, in the end someone wins through no fault of their own. Um, you know, they just roll dice until it happens, um, until somebody is left, right? It's a very popular game among families and such, especially families who don't know how to play games. Um, so, all right. <clears throat> so I kind of took it upon myself to say, I, one of the things I like doing is looking at older games, um, like classic Hoyle games and stuff, and seeing if I can steal mechanics out of those, right? They're tried and true mechanics that people like. They feel familiar. Hey, could I steal games out of it? You know, I was working on that other pitch with the 31 game that I'm still playing around with. And, um, <clears throat> but I needed something new, and so I thought, well, let's try this out. So I, I bought a copy of LCR uh, offline and then realized it was a bogus ripoff of LCR. Yeah, like that's a thing. I talk about not being able to copyright, right? The dice were different. I didn't like it. So I um, went into a store and found the legit copy and, and purchased that. Um, Did you return the bad one? No, it was bought it from Amazon. So what was I going to do? I'll just like, I can't return it. Like this is a ripoff copy of a not great game. <laughs> so <laughs> to be honest, I don't think Amazon would care. I think they would let you return it for whatever reasons. Probably yours. having just done a return to Amazon recently. Yeah. I tried to return to Amazon one time, and they're like, "Just send it back." And I was like, "Dude, this is fifteen dollars, and it was falsely advertised. I am not sending this back." And the person's like, "All right, just throw them away, and uh, I'll just give you the credit." I was oh, like, "Awesome, that's neat." Yeah. yeah, they can do it. I think if it's under twenty bucks. So just FYI, if you ever have to return something, okay. which actually this game would qualify for, but it's fine. Whatever. Anyway, so the way LCR works. Um, so my goal was, could I take a game that plays itself and make it a gamer game, right? And based on the rules, I feel like I've done that. I haven't played it. Uh, the prototype's about halfway done, two-thirds of the way done. Um, it very well might suck, but it, there, there are decisions, and you're making choices, uh, unlike the real game. So um, the way the actual game works are, you get three dice. Those dice have uh, left, well, L, C, or R on them, plus the other options they have are a dot, and I think that's it, yeah. So when you roll the dice, if you get an L or an R, so you start with the number of chips in front of you, okay? Um, when you roll the dice, if you get an L or an R, that means that respectively you pass to your left or your right one chip, right? For every L you get, you'll pass a chip to the left. For every R you get, you one to the right. Um, and then um, C for center is you put it into the center, right? Um, and that's basically taking money out of the economy. Once it's in the center, it never comes back. Um, and then the last one is dot. Dot just means do nothing. You saved, you passed, right? Um, we actually play a game with our kids called Feed the Kitty, uh, which is basically this exact same game. But somehow it's more fun because it's with kids and there's like a cat and little toys and stuff. So um, so you, these are six-sided dice. Mm-hmm. What are the other two sides? Uh, there's repeats. So I want to say L's on like two sides or whatever. I don't have it in front of me here, unfortunately. Is it L L R R C dot or something? Yeah. Well, I think that it's, yeah, something like that. Okay. I don't know if someone had. It doesn't matter. Yeah, all right. So those are the options you can get, right? But yeah, that's probably something like that. 
Um, so anyways, uh, in the regular game, you roll the dice, you follow the instructions of what you do. So my goal was to keep as much of that core mechanic alive as possible to really let, let the LCR shine through, you know. But no, just because I wanted to keep it as close to the core as possible and still make it viable. So um, what I did was the L and the R do the exact same thing. But let's set up a couple different things. One, in the game, uh, so the theme I picked for the game is a farmer's market. And you are a vendor trying to sell your goods to make money. So there are 72 tokens in the game, which is up from, I think, 50 in the regular LCR game. Um, And on one side, all of the tokens are a dollar. But when you flip those tokens over, they could be one of six resources. And there's an equal distribution of 12 of each resource. Those resources are meat, dairy, grains, fruits, and hey, I bet you guessed vegetables. What? And then the sixth one is crafts, because there's always crafty stuff at art fairs as well, yeah, right? Yeah, always, yeah. So, um, or not art fairs. Well, there's definitely crafty stuff at sure, art fairs, but uh, at farmer's markets. Farmer's markets, market, yeah. Okay, so those are the things. At the beginning of the game, you're going to get five tokens. Everybody else is. In the center, the rest are going to be there. And those are randomly dealt out? They're randomly dealt out, but yeah. they are all money side up to start with. Okay. Because everybody shows up at the farmer's market, basically you're you're making stuff to sell, right? Okay. And as soon as you make it, it's like you're taking an order and then you're making it, and then boom, you automatically get it. Um, so the only other thing I've added to the game are some cards, and I can't remember off the top of my head how many there are. I think there's like 36 of them or so. And those cards are different. Yeah, there are 36. There's 18 different um, recipes you can make. Um, and there's two copies of each. And the recipes uh, range in uh, money from $5 to $20, and they're on $5 increments. And uh, that is based on how difficult it is. And what those recipes take are different resources, right? So, but you're like, but you, the game starts with all money. So what do you do, Jason? Well, let me explain that. So the one thing I've changed in the game is when you, you get L and R, you have to pass to your neighbors, as it says, but you get to choose what you pass. So once you have resources, you actually get to choose what resources you pass to your neighbors. Oh, and I should also point out that people can see what you're going for, mm. okay. but they can't see what you have. Oh. So you get to hide what you have. They can't see, but they can see what you're going for. So you'll have like a little screen that would look like a farmer's table, like at a market, and that's blocking what you have. But sitting in front of said screen are the things you're trying to make. That's common knowledge. So they may not want to give you certain things, but they also don't know what you already have. So, um, yeah. So anyways, now if you get a dot, this is important. So the dot says do nothing. But in my version of the game, the dot says take one from the middle, right? Now, whenever you have to push something to the center, you flip it over. So when I push a a token to the center, I flip it over to the resource side. So now I'm building, as I'm pushing stuff to the center, I'm building a pool in the center of real resources, when I take something out of the center, I have two options. When I get a dot and I take something out, I can either take out a resource I can see or I can take a money at random and flip it over uh, and get it, in which case no one knows what I got, right? So I'm blindly taking it, but okay. what it's turning in is just I, I get a resource secretly. Sure. Okay? Uh, and that's the game. <laughs> that's literally the game. <laughs> so what's, so the, what's the win scenario? The win scenario, um, I think... Is when the farmers market cards run out. Okay, I think well, so. like the recipe yeah. cards. Yeah, run when out? the recipe yeah. cards run out. So, oh no, it's when the first person completes five. Sorry. Okay. First person completes five recipes, and then everybody else gets another turn. That sort of thing. Um, I've got a proto about half made because I, just, frankly, just wanted to try it for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And I tried to keep it as simple as possible while still giving you options. Yeah. 
Um, it's possible that maybe you should start with random real resources, but the problem with that was then you run into the chance that somebody could actually start with random resources that, that complete yeah, a recipe, sure. which is a problem. Sure. Um, so, and when you pass somebody something, you pass it to them with the same side up. Yes. Right. So if you're passing them a dollar, then they're going to get a dollar. They can't flip it over and turn it into the resource. So there's, so there's a question. Maybe when you pass someone money, it automatically flips over into but maybe not i think um, that's might be more interesting okay that's fair um, but i think i think it's cool if you don't get to see what it is no yeah, or maybe yeah. they get to choose maybe they get to choose and this is why because at the end of the game the person with the most money wins um in the run money mostly comes from the recipes but any cash value you still have there is still cash value mm. so you won't win by hoarding it yeah but you could win by keeping the right amount of it mm-hmm. so Okay. I think when you get it, you just have to declare. Like, I'm going to take the money or I'm going to take the resource. You don't have to show people what it is, but you at least have to say what you're sure. going to do. Okay. Um, that seems fair. So I like that. And if you keep money, you keep it outside the screen. But if you keep a resource, it goes behind the screen. Just to keep people honest. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Well, the only thing about that is, though, um, the only thing that's bad about... Well, here... Yeah. I hate the idea of having to keep people honest just because I like the idea that people don't know how much money you have. Yeah. Because at the end of the game, that's a surprise, right? But there's always a risk of somebody just truly, honestly, accidentally flipping something over the wrong way. And not remembering. And if yeah. they're separated, then that's less likely to happen. And it's easier for every, for other players to go, hey, hang on, you put that in the wrong spot. I would almost... Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's any way around that. You're right. It just doesn't seem thematic that the money is on the table. It would make more sense if the resources were on the table. But then you're telling people the resources you have. Yeah. So maybe the resources are on the table, but your cards aren't on the table? Maybe. So. What you're trying to make? Right. That could work. And then you don't have to have screens. True, because you'd just be holding the card in your holding hand. Holding your hand, yeah. I did like the screens, but yeah, that, that probably works better. I was trying to do it a little different, but that probably yeah. works better. That's fine. I'll go with that. Sure. Okay. All right, so that's that's there. Farmer's Market. Farmer's Market. All right, there you go. It's a killer name. Farmer's Market. The, it's the market where farmers sell their farm stuff. Yeah, though mostly it's just hippies mostly selling just, yeah, sure. yeah. candles. Right. But a lot of that. And popcorn. Yeah. Farmer's Market downtown Kalamazoo, by the way, we went to the night market recently. Yeah. It was awesome. It's fun, yeah. We bought some sangria. Yeah. We had some street food. Yeah. We've the place been... literally said street food on it. It yeah. was tasty, though. <laughs> We've been there a couple of times. It's it's neat, yeah. Actually, I think Christine's been more often. She goes goes with her sister occasionally. Yeah. It was nice. I saw yeah. some people from work there, actually. Yeah. We we are, The two times I've been, we bumped into somebody we knew both times. Right. Yeah. So, I think yeah. I saw, like, four people from work. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. All right, um, we uh, I think we burned out of our uh, Twitter questions and emails and things last week. Yes. So yes, 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 we are all booked up on that. But don't forget to send us your Twitter questions, your email questions, and call our Google Voice number at 770-TELBTG. Um, anything else, Jason? I've got nothing else, Rob. Um, I do have one thing for you. Oh. oh. I have uh, a quiz. Oh. 
Is it a Cosmo quiz? Mm, it's just some internet quiz okay, that I okay. found. I don't. I actually haven't been through it yet. I don't know. But oh, sweet! How many questions? So with uh, everybody talking about uh, Monopoly Gamer Edition, yeah, I almost I, bought that. I almost yeah, bought it. I thought it might be fun to to do this quiz and find out which Super Mario character Jason is. Oh, I know which one I want to be. All right, so let's play. Okay, first question: Have you ever had a secret crush? Is it yes? Ugh, no, or maybe, dot, dot, dot. Maybe, dot, dot, dot. Okay. Uh, something goes bump in the night. Do you cautiously peep down the stairs, investigate immediately, or hide under the bed? Hide under the bed. Okay. I think you're going to be towed. Ugh, I don't want to be towed. Do you ever get yourself into trouble? Never, all the time, or not very often? All the time. All the time. Okay. Who do you wish you could spend more time with? Your family, your friends, your loved one, or yourself? My loved one. Okay. Are you athletic? Not really, although I like some sports. A bit. Yes, very. Or not at all? Not at all. Which one of these words best describes you? There's oh, six of them here. I'm excited. <laughs> Fun, generous, moody, dangerous, shy, or sweet? Fun. Fun. Okay. Oh, okay. Which of these images do you like best? So for the builders, we've got a bunch of like like crystal or probably plastic gems. We have a, a field of daisies. We have a bunch of money stacked up. We have a bunch of mushrooms. We have a plate of spaghetti, and we have some fruits. So there you can see that. Which image do I like best? The fruit. The fruit? Okay, the fruit. Which deadly sin do you most frequently commit? (laughs) Okay, so we have gluttony, wrath, sloth, pride, greed, lust, envy, or all of them. Can you read the list again? Gluttony, wrath, sloth, pride, greed, lust, envy, or all of them? Uh, sloth. Sloth. Okay. Between that and gluttony, but I feel like I'm lazy a lot of times when I'm at home. I'm just like, I should do this, but I'm just lazy. Yeah, kind of the same way. <laughs> okay. I don't know how many questions there are here. We, I don't know if we're close oh to Oh my gosh, builders. Pick a color you like. Yellow, purple, pink, red, white, green. Green. Okay. Almost over. Your worst character flaw is cowardice, vanity, sulkiness, your nerves, recklessness, generosity, your temper, or greed. Temper. Okay. I'm not going to look at it. I still think you're a toad. What do you think? So do you know what the choices were? Well, I mean, all the Mario characters. Oh. Um, I'm going to say what I hope I am. Okay. What do you hope? I hope I'm Koopa Troop. Koopa Trooper? Because he's my favorite. Well, sorry. We call him Koopa Trooper around Koopa, here. Okay. Yeah, Koopa right. Trooper. That's, That's who we use in Mario Kart. Okay. You're, okay. All right. Yeah. You're Princess Peach. <laughs> <laughs> You're a kind-natured and well-mannered person, ready to help anyone in their hour of need. 
You are an optimist and a perky person to be around, generous to a fault. You never hold a grudge. <laughs> you never hold a grudge against anyone who does you wrong, even when they've kidnapped you multiple times, like like Peach, like Peach and Bowser, right? And you have an effortless elegance that everyone loves. You are definitely not Peach. I feel like this picked Peach because I picked the fruit. <laughs> Like that was, I think that was the only thing. Could I didn't pick any of the generosity ones. Yeah. I said that my temper was my worst flaw. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Look at me. I'm Princess Peach. All right. <laughs> Princess Peach over here. That was stupid. That was really dumb. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to buildinggamepodcast@gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at podcastbtg. Uh, Princess Peach is at ja slingerland. I am at boy underscore design. You can like us on Facebook. You can give us a five star review on iTunes. Google Voice number seven seven zero tell BTG. Leave us a message, and we might play it on the show. Uh, you can uh, give us a five star review on iTunes. Go to our website buildinggamepodcast.com to buy our games, or go to the Game Crafter get copies of the games there. If I sell any of those games. At Gen Con this year, you're not going to be able to buy them, so hurry up. Um, and uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I'm going to stop. So thanks, everybody. Once again, we'll see you next week. Good night. Good night. Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All of the ideas presented by Rob and Jason are property of the Building the Game podcast. Next time on Building the Game. All right, 271, it's August, it's August, it's August, uh, not that, it's August the 7th is what it is. <laughs> this is the best tweet I've heard. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I was led to believe that trans people were so skilled in combat that I should fear being alone with them in the bathroom. <laughs> That's really good. That's really good, That's right? Really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, That's really wow. good. <laughs>